All right. Did you all have a good Valentine's Day? Many of our folks are off for ski week, having a good Valentine's week. You know, St. Valentine lived in the third century, and he's the patron saint of things like love, marriage, engaged couples, uh, not to mention flag and epilepsy. Uh, and uh, he was martyred, um, and he was co commemorated on February the 14th, way back when, and so that's why we celebrate St. Valentine's Day on February the 14th. Uh, I was uh, hopefully a, a good husband and father yesterday. I got flowers for my wife and, and my girls. And then I took uh, my daughter Cora out to a park. What she wanted for her time with Daddy on Valentine's Day was go to the park and play Uno. So we played several hands of Uno together. And then uh, last night, I took my daughter Zoya to an Over the Rhine concert at the Sweetwater in Mill Valley. I don't know if uh, some of you remember, about two, three years ago, we had Over the Rhine come and play at the Civic Center Auditorium here in San Rafael. So they were playing at the Sweetwater last night, so I went to Zoya. And uh, so all that to say, I, I think I really owe my wife a date. Uh, <laughs> so I'll be working on that. Um, which leads me to say, Lent is coming, and we're starting a series this uh, Sunday called Becoming Whole. So maybe this is an area I need to become more whole in. Um, but uh, Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, which marks the beginning of the Lenten season. So I thought we'd begin this series just prior to Lent uh, to get us ready for this season that God invites us to, to be present to him, to reflect on our own mortality, uh, the fact that from dust we came and to dust we will return. This idea that we're all becoming something. Jesus invites us into a journey of becoming more like him, becoming whole. But we're all becoming something. So we're either all becoming more whole or we're becoming more scattered, more broken. We're all becoming more like Jesus or less like Jesus. And as we explore this idea of becoming whole for the next several weeks, I, I want us to explore the scriptures and the words of Jesus to see what Jesus invites us into in this journey of becoming whole. So I want to start with a passage in 1 Thessalonians Chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23, Paul writes this letter to this group of Christians in the first century, so two centuries before St. Valentine, he writes this letter, and they live in a town called Thessalonica, and at the end of this letter, he, he gives a benediction of sorts to them, and he says this to them, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. May, the God, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Paul uses this word, sanctify. It's a, it's a word that theologians use to talk about this idea of becoming whole. 
that we're on a journey. We're, we're in this process of sanctification. We're in this process of becoming whole. I like the way Eugene Peterson puts it in his version in the message. He says, may God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he'll do it. So God invites us into this journey of becoming holy and whole. And this journey is holistic. Becoming whole is holistic, right? It's body, soul, spirit, heart, mind. It's everything together. It's a holistic journey. And so we don't just work out physically to become whole physically. We also need to work out emotionally and mentally and spiritually to become holistically whole. We don't just have a luminosity app to work our mind, but we engage in practices that enable us to become more whole spiritually and emotionally and physically as well. We are invited to become whole. Uh, A starting point for becoming whole, I would argue, is for us to admit that we're not whole. Uh, If we're walking around through life saying, hey, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm, I'm okay, then we're probably not on the journey of becoming whole. We're, we're probably not recognizing that there's always more that Jesus invites us into, into becoming more whole. Jesus once said in Matthew chapter 9, he said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. He said this to the Pharisees, the religious elite of the day, who came to Jesus' disciples and said to Jesus' disciples, "Uh, why does your rabbi eat with tax collectors and sinners? Why would he eat with those people? And Jesus heard him say this, heard them say this. So he said, hey, listen, I I didn't come for the healthy. I came for the sick. This is one of the core problems the Pharisees had, is they believed they were healthy. They believed they were okay. They believed they were right. They believed they were so in tune with God that they had no need for Jesus. They had no need for someone to help them recognize their issues, their brokenness. They could not admit that they had issues. They could not admit that they were broken. They were fine. I'm okay, you're okay. Or their attitude, I'm okay, you're not okay, so let me tell you how you're not okay. And Jesus says, hey, if you think you're healthy, if you think you're fine, if you think you're all good, I I didn't come for that. I came for those who are willing to admit they're not healthy who are willing to admit that they need to be on a journey of becoming whole. Because we're all on a journey of becoming something. And Jesus invites us into a journey of becoming 
whole, becoming whole. I, uh, I have conversations with people from time to time who have different perspectives of Christianity. Um, I don't think it's a secret in our community that I have a very particular uh, opinion about what coffee I drink or don't drink, uh, and that I also have a very particular opinion of what beer I drink and don't drink. And uh, there's a, a brewery just north of here called Russian River Brewery that releases a beer called Pliny the Younger once a year for only two weeks. People wait in line for hours to just have a taste of this beer. I'm one of those people. Uh, and as I was waiting in line, I was talking with a, a group of young people in their, in their early 20s. And uh, as I was talking with them, uh, inevitably the question arose, so uh, what do you do? <laughs> what do I do? Let me tell you what I do. Uh, the conversation always gets interesting when I share with people what I do. Uh, and uh, one of the young men said to me, so like, what, what kind of doctrine does your church follow? He said it with kind of an edge, right? What kind of doctrine does your church follow? And I said, why do you ask? What's, what's your experience of church? What's your, your experience of Christianity? And it wasn't positive. And so I said to him, well, let me tell you about the Jesus I've come to know. And I started sharing with him about a Jesus who came and hung out with the people nobody else would hang out with. A Jesus who came to be among the oppressed and the poor and the disadvantaged. A Jesus who came and doesn't condemn, but offers grace and love and forgiveness. And he looked at me and he said, I could get on board with that Jesus. I could get on board with that Jesus. See, Jesus doesn't come for the healthy. For those who claim they have it all together, they're in no need of help, that everything's fine. Jesus came to invite those who recognize, I'm broken and I am in need of a savior who will invite me into this journey of becoming whole, becoming something other than what I've been experiencing in my life. Jesus invites us into this journey of becoming whole. We, we live our lives often so frantically, moving so quickly from one thing to the next, that we forget that Jesus' presence is there with us, inviting us into a different way of life. So this morning, when, as we begin to explore becoming whole, there, there's one aspect of becoming whole I want to take a look at, and it has something to do with what Jesus says in Matthew 6. He says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. 
Here's how Eugene Peterson puts it in a message. He says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. You know what I think Jesus is teaching us? What he's inviting us into? Wherever you are, be there. Wherever you are, be there. I I think Jesus is teaching us the art of being fully present. To be fully present wherever you are. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. If you're anything like me, you often live your life where your your headspace is consumed with so much stuff. You're, you're thinking about what took place at work. You're thinking about this child or that child, what you need to do at your kid's school. You're th- thinking about, oh, I need to check email. Uh, I need to get back with this person. You're thinking about that conversation you had earlier in the day that may not have gone so well, and you're thinking about how do I remedy this relationship? How do I make this work? Your, your mind is just going, going, going. You're, you're, what, what is consuming your headspace? If you're anything like me, it's tough to turn it off. Just turn it off. Uh, Something I'm learning and discovering is that often when I get home at night and I am attempting to be fully present to my wife and to my children, something I'm discovering is there's often times where my children are vying for my attention. Daddy, 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 look at this, look at this. Are you listening, daddy? realize, no, I'm not. Because I'm thinking about work. I'm thinking about that email that I need to respond to. I'm thinking about that email that I'm waiting to come in so that I can respond to it. And after I respond to it, knowing I'll have to wait for a response to respond to it again. It's just, it it never ends, right? The list never ends. And so what does it look like to be fully present, to pay attention to what God is doing right now. Because we got things to do, right? We got work to do. We got things to respond to. We got people we got to get back to. Uh, Why is it that when I look at Jesus in the Gospels and then I look at our lives, it seems like Jesus is the only one without a Messiah complex. Why is it that we are so busy, busy, busy to save the world and Jesus is calm, restful, fully present to save the world? Jesus invites us to pay attention to what God is doing right now. What does it look like to be fully present 
in the moment. Let, let me ask you, where are you right now? Are you here? Or are you somewhere else? Because we're often somewhere else, aren't we? We're often somewhere else. Um, there's this great text in Exodus 24. Moses is in the wilderness with the people. They're at Mount Sinai. And the text says, the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and stay here. Now, what's interesting is that word stay in the Hebrew language is actually the word be. It actually says, come up on the mountain and be here. But the translators have translated it stay because it doesn't make much sense to most people to read, come up on the mountain and be here. Because once you're up on the mountain, where are you? You're, you're there. So the translators translate it, stay here. But what a lot of the rabbinic scholars say about this text is it says, come up on the mountain and be here. There's a reason God says to Moses, come up on the mountain and be here. Uh, why? Because once you get up to the top of the mountain, what do you start thinking about? Going back down. God says to Moses, come up on the mountain and be here because he knows if Moses gets up at the top of the mountain, he's going to start thinking about all the people at the bottom of the mountain and all the responsibilities he has to those people at the bottom of the mountain and all the things he has to do with these people at the bottom of the mountain. He's led them out into the wilderness, for goodness sakes, and he's got to help them, right? He's got a people to take care of and to save. And God says to them, come up on the mountain and be here. And the text goes on to say then, a cloud covered the mountain. And after six days, on the seventh day, God spoke to Moses. What do you think Moses is thinking for six days? <laughs> like, you invited me to come up on the mountain, and you make me wait seven days before you have something to say to me? And then he stayed up there for another 40. Come up on the mountain and be here. See, I think God understands intimately our human nature, our brokenness, that we are so easily distracted, so easily can we be seeing things all around us and, and aware of, oh, I got to do this, I got to do that. And, and God says, be here. Just be here. Take a breath. Take a break. Relax. Uh, let's think for a moment about the distractions in our life. Is anyone uh, know what one of these is? Yeah, cell phone. In what ways are we distracted? Oh, sorry. Got a call coming in. Oh. This can probably wait. Just wait. Sorry about that. Uh, so cell phones can easily distract us. Oh, they texted now. Must be important. Let me just quickly get back to this person because, uh, I, sorry, it'll just take a second to 
this is really important. Uh, I'm preaching right now. Uh, I'll call you later. Okay. So I'll just I'll just turn the ringer on. Just put it on vibrate. <clears throat> oh. So I'm meeting with you, and you and I are talking, and, and we're in the midst of a deep conversation. And these noises start coming in. Don't you just love that sound? Isn't that so soothing? Just listen to that sound. Let's just rest in those sounds right now. They're so soothing. I just enjoy it so much. Don't you enjoy it so much? Uh, we're talking, and the phone rings. And if I choose to answer it, I, I just had to send a quick text there. Uh, if I choose to answer it, you immediately know where you are on the totem pole now, right? Because this, this call is important. I gotta get, I'm really sorry. Just give me a second. Uh, but if I don't answer it, our conversation has still been interrupted, hasn't it? And, and so, and I'm looking. I'm looking. Uh, oh, who called? Uh, who texted? Or, or if you're like me, it's, it's more like this. We're, we're sitting at a table. The table's kind of covering me up a little. I hear a little bzz in my pocket. And I'm like, mm-hmm, 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 okay, mm-hmm. Uh, so let's go ahead and thanks. Um, he was a genius, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> See, now I'm distracted. I don't even know where I am right now. Um, when you're meeting with people and the cell phone goes off or the text comes in uh, and we're distracted because of it, what does that have to say about the relationship? I mean, we live in a world that is becoming more and more distracted all the time. We're all becoming something. We're either becoming more attentive, more aware, or more distracted. And so, for this first Sunday of Exploring Becoming Whole, I, I just want to think about a, a practice for us to consider. Uh, with Lent coming, one thing that historically people have done with Lent is they give something up for Lent. Now, this is not a requirement. Uh, nobody needs to do it. Uh, it's not something that's going to make you more holy. Uh, but it is something that makes you more attentive to God and what he wants to do in your life. Because every time you think about that thing you gave up, you're like, nope, I don't give it, 
I gave that up, and it makes you more aware of God's presence, hopefully. Uh, I'm going to give up a few things for Lent, uh, one of which is beer, actually. Uh, no alcohol for Lent. Um, at coffee, I, God's going to have to twist my arm a little more on that one. Um, but uh, one of the things I want to do for Lent, is I want my phone not on me when I'm meeting with people. And when I get home, I want my phone in another room after I get home. And I don't go look at it again until after my kids are in bed. So any phone calls that come in, any texts that come in, any emails that come in, they're just going to have to wait. And so I, I wonder if this might be a good communal practice. Uh, no pressure. But I, I wonder if there's something about the distractions in our life. I wonder if each of us can identify a distraction in our life where it might be a healthy practice to say, I'm giving that up for a season. Uh, maybe it's uh, TV. Maybe it's uh, something with your tablet. Uh, maybe it's another distraction. Uh, something that's a regular practice of yours that you say, I'm going to give that up for this season, because I want to be more attentive to what God is doing right now. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. What does it look like for us to be fully present in the now? Jesus invites us to be fully present in the now. And I believe being fully present in the now is a huge step in this journey of becoming whole. To be the people God created us to be. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Let's pray. God, thank you that you are one who is making us holy and whole. Thank you that you are one who is inviting us to be more attentive to you and what you are doing right now. God, I pray that we would recognize
our deep need for you, our brokenness, the ways we are distracted from being attentive to you, the ways we are distracted from being attentive to others, and that we would accept this invitation you offer us to be fully attentive to what you are doing right now. So God, as we close this service, may we be fully attentive to you as we sing to you. And as we walk out these doors, may we be fully attentive to you and what you are doing. And we will give you all of the thanks and all of the glory in the strong and beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. As you go, may you be attentive to what God is doing right now. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you his shalom, the very peace of Jesus that surpasses all understanding, the grace and peace of Christ be yours. Amen.